Welcome in to the Horror's Edge podcast. My name's Phil. And I'm Stacy. This is a podcast devoted to reviewing and breaking down horror movies and as of today, TV shows both new and old, good and downright fucking shitty. With me, somebody who loves horror movies and always has. And me, who was forced into watching them. So we're still a relatively new podcast, and with that being said, if you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, uh, share with your friends, really help us grow. Uh, sharing and reviews are the two biggest things that can help us, and with that being said, if you have not yet, hop on Apple, hop on Spotify, Anchor, wherever it is that you watch this, and drop a review for us. It takes about 10 seconds on your end, but helps us out more than you could ever imagine. The more reviews there are, the more that Apple and Spotify tend to share this out to others, the more it helps us out. Uh, we're on Facebook at Horror's Edge, Instagram and Twitter at The Horror's Edge, and this is the best way to get in contact with us. We know this is meant for a discussion, and podcast is mainly just me and Stacy talking. However, if you want to get in on the discussion, uh, our DMs are always open in there. Comment on the posts that we make for these videos. Uh, it's definitely appreciated, and we love actually hearing the feedback of how we did in the episode, good, bad, or indifferent. If you see something that you thought could have been done better, hey, let us know. Hey, dumbass, try doing this instead. If you see something that was awesome, hey, dumbass, that was awesome. Try doing that again. Uh, Maybe you can say that to Phil, but not to me. Yeah, Stacy's got thin skin. I have very thick skin. So uh, just mentioned, hey, Phil, you're a dumbass and try this. Or Stacy, sweetheart, it was great, but let's try and tone yeah. down the stupidity a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we're discussing the brand new HBO TV show, The Last of Us. Uh, Stacy, what do you know about the, uh, I guess, I don't want to say franchise, but The Last of Us. What do you know about it? So I know that there was the video game. I, I think there was just one. Am I wrong in that? Just yes, one. two. Okay. There's two? Yeah. Okay. Well, I do remember you playing the first one on PlayStation and... The graphics on that looked amazing. The yep. story of it looked amazing. So I actually was looking forward to when you asked if we wanted to watch this. Um, I was looking forward to it because I wanted to see kind of how it paralleled with the video game. Yep. So that's what I know about it. it and obviously you weren't there throughout the entire 30 plus hours of no, playtime of the video game. You were that. there for a little bit at the end. So I, I think that you know what happens at the end of this, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I'm obviously not going to be spoiling that here on this podcast. So unfortunately you have that going for you that, you know, where this ends. However, TV shows, TV show adaptations tend to change things to keep people on their toes. So I'm interested to see where they go with the story. I'm interested because just based on the video game, it seems like it would, I mean, obviously this is a TV show versus, uh, a movie, so I feel like they can kind of open it up a little bit more, take a little bit more time to develop all of the characters and um, stories kind of that interlock. So I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how they dive into it. I do know bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. I think I know how this turns out, but then again, I was mostly just watching you play the game to be a good wife and <laughs> let you enjoy some me time while I kind of casually watch your tiktoks yes no not tiktoks i was probably on facebook and bingo at that point gotcha um so i i'm a huge video game nut if you haven't listened to our silent hill podcast and you're listening to this one i highly recommend that you check that one out it's actually one of our most listened to podcasts 
Um, I didn't think that it had the type of fan base that it actually ended up having. Uh, I thought that that would be a dud of a show. It was solely there because I enjoy that type of shit, and uh, that's that. But a lot of people turned out to like it, and video games turned into movies very typically has a bad rap. And that's what I was going to say is, based on the feedback that we had gotten from the Silent Hill and how they kind of mushed things together, kind of um, took things that maybe weren't there or changed things up, I'm very curious on how this pans out mm-hmm. as not necessarily a right from video game to show. I'm sure there's going to be changes, um, but I'm very excited to see how this show turns out. Now, as a background, I love this video game. It, it's a phenomenal game. I did only play it through once. It's not one that I popped in again, started from the beginning. Uh, it was very difficult. Uh, so took a lot of time, but my God, the story. Video games have evolved so much compared to where they used to be. I remember my first uh, system that we had at our house was the Sega Genesis, and the game that we had for it was Sonic the Hedgehog. And... Uh, Top Gear Racing, I believe is what it was called. And Sonic is mind-blowing good. Yeah. So damn good. We ended up getting Sonic 2 the next year for my third video game they ever had. And I put so many hours into it. It's so much fun. But it is just what it is. It's mindless fun. You can put it on. You can play an hour of it. And then you can put it down and be completely content. Whereas video games today, similar to The Last of Us, who does it, flawlessly almost perfect it's a story more than it is a video game yes it's a video game it has controls it has fight scenes it has bad guys it has bosses but the primary thing for it is the story god of war does the same exact thing well 2018 god of war that's actually an even better comparison the original three god of war games compared to the newest two god of war games i fucking love the original three uh I got into it a little bit late around the time God of War 2 was starting to get a lot of hype. I popped in God of War 1, fucking fell in love with it. God of War 3 for a while was one of my favorite video games of all time. And then 2018 came out. So the first three, you probably never saw me play them. They're very, very much just button masher games. You just constantly hit square to attack things and... The story progresses on along a little bit. The story's there, but it's not huge. It's not like the driving factor of it. The driving factor is the overwhelming violence, the overwhelming gore, the boss fights. You put in God of War 2018, and it is a story-driven masterpiece. Um, Which, uh, those are the type of video games I hate. (laughs) (laughs) Which blows my mind. Like, I keep trying to get you to play it. Just put it on the easiest difficulty that you can do and go through. It's a th- the best 30-hour movie that you'll ever watch. And I hate story-based video games. I'm a very... What story-based video games have you ever played, by the way? I know. You had me playing Luigi's Mansion. Uh-huh. Not really story-based, but okay. continue. Well, As a platformer. It's a 3D platformer. You Okay, here's a story-based. You tried to get me to play Call of Duty. From, Not story based, but go ahead. From, like from the beginning, like yeah, the you, campaign. Yeah, I gave it a solid. I, I'll say thirty minutes. It probably was less. I hated it. I like simple video games. You know my favorite video game I of do. all times. MC Kids. It's a uh, Nintendo version, uh, or not a Nintendo. It's a McDonald's version of Super Mario Brothers. Right. And I have played that 
many times over and over. I've only beaten it once, but I've... Uh, I beat it. Well. Not you. He helped a little <laughs> bit towards the end because I couldn't figure it out. But then also Super Mario. I love Super Mario. I like the simplicity of the controllers, the simplicity of the, the games. I can't sit there for hours and figure out, well, I have to go this direction if I go that direction. Like Jurassic Park. You love Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. I can't put my time into a game and try to figure out how to make it succeed. I guess. And, and what you're referring to by Jurassic Park, because probably nobody plays this game, is Jurassic World Evolution. Oh. It's not a common super common game it's basically like a sim city with dinosaurs right so hundreds of hours in that game <laughs> i platinum the first one i was so close to platinuming the second and they put fucking trophies from the dlc in with the platinum of this one so i, I couldn't do it and i'm not going to buy dlc that's something that i completely refuse to do but the point is i've seen you play the last of us video game and I could actually sit down and see myself. I'm not going to say I could play it, but I could see myself actually enjoying the video game mm -hmm. because it's not so hyped around these different things. It's a, it's a story, but it's a simplicity story to get to the beginning to the end with yep. little side missions. I could do that. And most video games, God of War included, are that. Uh, you can completely avoid all the side missions and just play... It, they almost guide you in the direction that you have to go. They have a compass on the top of the screen that points you to where you need to go for the next thing. One of the biggest complaints in God of War Ragnarok that people have is that uh, your side character, whether it's... Um, why the hell am I blanking right now? The kid that's with you starts with an A. Uh, Atreus, whether it's Atreus with you or Freya, uh, if you get stuck on a puzzle, they'll be like, hey, why don't you try shooting that thing? And that pisses people off because it takes the puzzle away. You would love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they help you with the puzzles and almost instantly. If you're like stuck on it for 20 seconds, you're like, hey, try hitting that rock with the signal arrow. And you're like, motherfucker, I was trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, why are you I ruining like this for me? Uh, anyway, I'm going on a tangent. Uh, video games today, very, very story-based driven. And when I was playing God of War, I said to Stacy. Do you know, have any idea how good of a TV show this would make? It would be yeah. so fucking epic. And if somebody comes up with that, I hope they give you credit. Yeah, like I'm the first one who said <laughs> it. Um, and Last of Us is the same exact thing. Now, I started part two and then I kind of got sidetracked. So I definitely need to get back into it. From what I hear, the story is damn near as good as the first. Not quite as good, but I need to get into it again. But first, I got to get my platinum on Ragnarok. Uh, and the story of this game is so amazing that if you take this out, you can easily make it one season, but probably even two seasons. Now, the thing that I questioned about, uh, doing a podcast on this TV show is at the end of this, I'm going to give it a rating one through 10. You're going to do the same thing. It's so hard with TV shows, just one episode, not a season to yeah. give it a rating because it's obviously going to leave it on a cliffhanger. There's no satisfaction there at the end of the episode. There are going to be questions that are completely unanswered. Are they going to answer that this season? Are they going to answer it next season? Is, hell, is this TV show going to be canceled and we never get the answer? Because oh. that will completely tank the rating. 
uh, th- there's so many factors that come into it, so it's difficult to come up with a number of where this thing landed for us. But what I will say before I get into the review, before I get into anything else, HBO knocked this shit out of the park. Yeah, for, uh, for first view, first episode, I'd have to agree. I'm excited to see where you ranked it. Uh, a lot of this is based on my memory of the game, which I, I will admit it's been a little bit. I played it uh, on PlayStation 4. Well, I had it for PS3. I beat it, played it on that, but then I beat it on PlayStation 4. Um, so that was probably six to eight years ago, someplace in there, that I played and beat this game. Um, I think that was shortly after we moved here that I started getting deep into it. I started it on PS3, and it got really hard for me at one point, and then I just put it down and kind of forgot about it. And then I picked it up again on PS4 and beat it. Um, But Bajos, the video game, from what I remember, beat for beat, like I knew things were coming, but the emotional scene still hit me emotionally. The funny scene still hit me funny. Man, knocked it out of the park. So with that being said, I think that's enough of a prequel. Let's get into our... Uh, re- actual ranking of this mo- uh, TV show, what we thought of it. Keep in mind, this portion, there will be small spoilers, nothing huge. I'm not going to get into scene-by-scene scene yet. Uh, we will do scene-by-scene scene breakdowns shortly following our reviews for it. So keep in mind, if you haven't seen this yet, it's on HBO. Uh, they are not releasing the full season all at once, which I love. I was going to say, um, I kind of like that it's back to kind of like when it was on TV where you get an episode a week yep. and you had the buildup. So the kids watched it with us um, and I mentioned, hey, this comes out every Sunday at nine o'clock. We're going to sit on the couch Sunday at nine o'clock every week until this thing's done. And They're excited about it. Uh, so I'm glad to have that type of TV again. Yeah. So if you haven't seen this yet, HBO Max, definitely worth your time. Check it out. Don't listen to any spoilers. If you haven't played the game, don't worry about it. You don't need to. This is an Operation Raccoon City Resident Evil to where if you didn't play the game, the movie makes no sense. I think that everything in this will be crystal clear to you. It will leave questions for you, but that's what TV shows are supposed to do. Yeah. Um, so without further ado, let's go into the review of The Last of Us, Episode 1, Season 1. TV shows in this is 1 through 10. Uh, 1 being dog shit terrible. Do not watch this. Don't waste your time. And in this scenario for TV shows, don't even bother watching the further episodes. Ten, uh, 5 being this is average. You put this on, it's not going to offend you, but you're also not going to be waiting for 9 p.m. next Sunday to watch the next episode. You'll catch it when you catch it. 10 being this is absolutely amazing. You're counting down the seconds till uh, 9 p.m. on Sunday hits. Where would you rate this? First, I got to ask, are you going to put the ratings of the children in there? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, my rating, my kids, uh, I asked them at the end, what do you think of this? If you were to give it a one through a 10, 
And my son, I don't know if he knows of a number besides 10. Yeah, right away. Like, no <laughs> Instantly, question. no matter what it is 10. they watch. Like, we watch the newest Jurassic Park in theaters, which I think this is the best one yet. Yep. Okay. Well, <laughs> sounds good. So then it's a 10 and a 9.5. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where would you rate this? I gave it a 7. It's not terrible. Um, I, I'm basically basing it off of there's going to be unanswered questions, and I know that. Um. And obviously, I'm waiting to see kind of how it pans out. But I think a seven is a good start for this episode um, season. I think the acting was great. They really cast it very well, from what I could tell, um, based on the characters that I saw in the um, video games. The graphics were great. The camera work was great. There was only one section of, which I know you probably can pick up on when we get to it, that I didn't care for for the camera work. Mm-hmm. Um but the story, the story flows so great. You're not left kind of keep asking the person you're watching, like, like what happened? Who is that? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it really flowed very well. So I gave it a seven, knowing that more than likely I'll probably go up, hopefully, as the season progresses. Yeah, that is always the uh, hope of the first episode. You're like, oh, please let the show continue to go in this direction don't I have mean, those I was episodes left with some questions but that's just based on i don't have the knowledge of the video games so yeah. it was a little confusing but it's not where i didn't understand it to where it was annoying gotcha okay. what did you that rate it sense. i gave this a 10 out of 10 uh, this was a absolutely amazing adaptation i love the uh video game as we mentioned before and Seeing certain scenes in this made me go right back to it. It's like they were taken straight out of it. It felt like I had a controller in my hand, honestly, during some scenes. And I love that about it. Absolutely love it. There, There's no better feeling than when you invest 40 hours into a game and then you get that feeling again when you're watching it, but it's done better. I was going to say, I could see where it felt very video game like but not in a negative way it felt like as they were speaking the dialogue felt like it was copy and pasted from the video game but not in a negative tone it felt very easy flowing the chemistry between the characters was phenomenal even uh i don't want to say throwaway characters but characters who you know are not going to be in the show very long phenomenal chemistry with the other people that are in there uh, it, it was amazing. Uh, the acting was great. The grittiness that you felt throughout this town 20 years later. Yeah. Amazing. Like you felt disgusted watching certain scenes. You felt, uh, anger during certain scenes when it wanted you to feel sad. Holy shit. Did it hit hard? Yeah. Uh, th- this was a great first episode. Now, I know that I gave it a 10. I do want to ask you a couple questions about the actress, but I'm going to wait till we get to the spoilers. Yeah, just put a little star next to it so that way you don't forget. Um, One thing that I will say is I wanted to give this a 9 so that way it had room to grow because I I have had TV shows to where they purposely try and make it three seasons when really they know damn well this should only be a one season or maybe a mini series or something like that and i really hope that they don't do that with this uh show i hope that it's not a three season thing i hope that it's season one is video game one season two is video game two wrap it up call it done yeah. uh, don't don't drag this out don't kill it Video games are stupid long. 
40 hours is how long you probably spend playing this game. But that does not mean that the TV show should be 40 hours because out of that 40, there's only maybe 10 hours of actual content. Uh, the rest of it is you running around a map trying to find it out. And if I have to watch that on screen, I'm going to be pretty pissed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as far as just this episode, 10 out of 10, loved it. So from here, we're going to get into a scene-by-scene -scene breakdown. Uh, if you have not seen this yet, heavy, heavy spoilers coming in. So uh, we are literally going from the start of this episode to the credits roll at the end of the episode. So if you haven't checked this out yet, please do so. All right. So the movie kicks off uh, with a card telling you that it's 1968 and they're at a TV show talking about pandemics. Uh, there's two different doctors on this uh, TV show. And the first one's talking about viral pandemics and how terrifying it is. It's the scariest thing that our population has to fear. <coughs> and the other doctor is like, well, yeah, we do need to be concerned about a pandemic. But I don't know if it's of a virus uh, that we should be scared of. It's of a fungus. Yeah. And everybody's laughing at him. And he's like, well, I get it. But uh, think about taking mushrooms. And... Uh, when you give these type of things to certain animals, the you know, uh, fungus can take over the body, essentially. Um, and they're like, yeah, but the human's bodies are too warm. That, that will never affect us. And he's like, yeah, well, let, let's just say the fungus has a reason that it needs to evolve. Let's say the world's temperature gets hotter, only by a few degrees. Well, that few degrees is the difference between the animals that's able to take over right. and the animals that are there today. Which so is now, terrifying to think about. Now, at a uh, higher temperature, the fungus is able to go into a higher, uh, into humans. And once it starts spreading, this is going to go worldwide and people are not going to be able to stop the spread. And boom, title card. And the title card is kind of like uh, fungus spreading. Yeah. And the scary thing about fungus is if you've ever had mushrooms in your yard, <laughs> Holy shit, they grow quick. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, so the spread is very fast, and it's happening throughout the title card. Shows the Last of Us thing very well done, I think. Yeah, it's a good opening scene. So now we're in title card. Now we're in 2003, uh, and we get birthday breakfast. Uh, Sarah is making a breakfast for her father Joel before he gets ready to go to work, and. Uh, her uncle Tommy walks in. He ends up having breakfast with them. They leave to go to work. He promises her that once he gets back, he'll uh, even despite him having to work a double, he's going to pick up a cake for him. Yeah. So very much, Sarah is helping Joel get through life. I was going to say the dynamic. <clears throat> excuse me, the dynamic between Joel and Sarah as father and daughter. Um, you can tell that their dynamic is sort of. Sarah takes on more of a parenting role yeah. and Joel is more of like a child, which it just kind of made me laugh because I'm sure that that's a very common kind of role in a lot of children's lives, but it's not to where it doesn't work. Sarah is not like resentful of her father, but you can tell that she's just like, kind of like, come on, like it's your birthday. Let me yeah. do something for you where it's like, you're the father, I'm the daughter, let me take care of you for one day. Yep, so he gets ready to go to work, and Sarah runs upstairs to grab some stuff to go uh, get ready for school, and she reaches into his dresser, and she steals his watch, and she steals money from him. She, like, debates to take more, but then puts a little bit of it back. Um, and then she runs out to 
hop in the car and you see the old folk next door um and they're off the old woman there is like just gone yeah she's uh, needs assistance with everything the old man's feeding her biscuits he's like hey by the way we got some extra biscuits if you guys want some and then joel looks over Sarah's like, oh, you love biscuits. And he sees the man just shoving the biscuits in her mouth, like putting his fingers in his mouth. He's like, yeah, but I got to go to work. Sorry, we're good. Yeah, and you can tell <laughs> that Sarah is <clears throat> supposed to like be a very nice neighbor. She must have gone over there a couple times. But having the old man say, oh, Connie misses you. She's like, come on. Like, you know, I don't want to do this. I'm so yeah. sick of like being the good neighbor and coming over to like hang out with you because your wife is comatose. Yeah. So uh, Ellie's in school, and as soon as the bell rings, Ellie hops on the city bus and goes downtown. Sarah. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, th- at the beginning, I was like, "There's no way that's Ellie. Don't do that. Don't do me like this." So yeah, Sarah. Sorry, uh, hops on the city bus and goes downtown instead of home. Uh, she went downtown to fix Joel's watch for him, and as she's at the clock shop, uh, she's talking to the guy behind the counter. You see ambulances and cops going off in the background. She's Sarah's smart. She's like, hey, is something wrong? Are you guys watching the news? No, just typical downtown stuff. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, the shopkeep's wife says, hey, we're closing up for the day. He's like, what are you talking about? It's only 2 o'clock. We close at 7. He's like, she's like, no, we're we're done. Absolutely done. Shut the door. Uh, Little girl, you need to go home. Be safe. So Ellie uh, ends up going to. Yes. Damn it. (laughs) <laughs> I'll get this. Sarah goes to the uh, elderly woman's home, which is uh, her neighbor, and uh, she's just talking to her, hanging out. The housekeeper is there. Uh, the assistant, what do they call that person? Stay-at-home nurse or something like that? Yeah, probably like a hospice nurse. Or um... Yeah, she's there basically helping out. She's like, oh, we're going to make cookies today. And in the background, as they walk over to the kitchen, you can see this elderly woman's expression change. She yeah. was just sitting there, but now she's sitting there, mouth gasped open, like gasping for breath. But it's done so well in the background of right. the shot to where it's not focused in, but you can still see it. Yeah, you can see the de- the demeanor of Connie, the elderly woman, changing. She's shaking. You think, oh, she's just kind of like dying, I guess you could say. Yeah. But, you know, it's giving you a foreshadow of what's to come. Yeah, and it, it's done several foreshadows by this point. Yes. Uh, it's shown, uh, like, at the beginning when they were having breakfast, the radio was on, and you can very vaguely hear it, like, in the background, reporters talking about stuff that's happening, and then later on, you see on TV, there's a news broadcast and stuff Which like I that, but it's is, always in the background. Yes, I think that's a great way to kind of do the story, is not have it shoved down your throat, but kind of off in the distance you're sort of paying attention but it gives you this like different perspective of like this would be an everyday life a child making breakfast would hear things on the news but maybe not pay so much attention now what i would say is i don't want to say i'm a zombie movie fanatic but i've seen quite a few of the more popular ones dawn of the dead day of the dead uh it 28 days 28 weeks i am legend a, a decent amount of them and all the stories at the beginning are typically the same it's like hey we need to have this outbreak happen it's got to be quick it's got to be violent it's got to be in your face and this tends to follow the pattern for it but it, at the same time obviously the shit ain't real but if something like this were to ever happen this is 
probably close to how it will happen. So unlike when we reviewed Smile and I hit them as a downfall of, oh, I've seen this a hundred times, I'm not going to hit this with the downfall of, oh, we've seen this a hundred times because that's how this shit would lay out if it actually happened. Yeah. If you're in the suburb of the city, you're going to get hard, you're going to get hit fast, and it's going to go crazy out of nowhere. Uh, it will go from nothing being wrong to people finding out that something uh, very, very bad is happening to complete chaos everywhere. Yeah, the panic that they put into these scenes coming up and even the scene that we're talking about uh, with the storefront, it that's very much how it would happen. Yeah. It's very realistic. It's not over the top. It feels like if it would happen today, that's exactly how it would pan out. Mm-hmm. So Sarah makes it home. Uh, Joel ends up coming home late from work, despite him promising to be home by nine, working a double, and he did not bring a cake. Of course. <laughs> so uh, Typical he, Joel. Yeah, Sarah promises him that, makes him promise that he's going to bring it tomorrow, gives him the watch that she fixed, and she's like, yeah, I stole your money for it, but it's okay because you would never fix it. But, man, it's so sweet. The chemistry between these two is absolutely incredible. Sarah says, I took $60, but I put the change back, so I'm an honest thief. Yeah, I'm an honest thief. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, it's playful. It's, hey, I know that I can't get you anything, so, yeah. like, I kind of took it, so you paid for it, but it was a thought that counts. And you would never do this to begin with. Right. So it's, it's a watch that you really care about. Right. So it, it was very nice that she knew that he really wanted something heartfelt without asking for it yep so from here uh she also gets him a second gift she bought him a dvd of some action movie that just looked she terrible it. she took it from connie's house oh that's right uh yeah. so she brought that over and he's like oh this is the one with the deleted scenes cool let's watch it you're not gonna fall asleep right no how can i fall asleep through this great stuff yeah, and then she riveting. falls asleep <laughs> uh so he's watching it and then all of a sudden uh Tommy gives him a call. He's in jail. He needs to get bailed out. He was in some type of bar fight. Um, so Joel puts Sarah to bed, and he leaves to go bail out Tommy. Uh, Sarah wakes up at 2.16 in the morning, and she wakes up to explosions out the window, military aircraft flying overhead. Um, she goes downstairs to find where Joel is. He's not there. She turns the TV on, but it's nothing but the national emergency broadcast broadcast telling them stay indoors do not leave your house stay indoors yeah and she looks outside and she sees the uh neighbor's dog out on the front porch she opens the uh door and a scene that i forgot to say is as she was leaving the neighbor's house before the old woman looked okay again but the dog was staring at her the dog knew something was up so now the dog's out in the street and barking at the door dog runs away she goes to check on her neighbor and she hears banging around going on the old man is bleeding out in a corner and the old woman is biting with some type of crap coming out of her mouth like fungus stuff coming out of her mouth uh the uh the helper lady the helper lady so she's eating her alive that's gross which damn yeah. So uh, Sarah goes to run, and the old woman's chasing her out of the house, and Joel pulls, pulls up just in the nick of time in his truck. Him and uh, Tommy are there. Tommy's got his rifle, and they're, like, freaking out. Like, hey, what do we do? What do we do? What do, you, what do we do? And Joel just, hey, instincts kick in, hits yeah. the woman in the face with a pipe wrench. Yeah. And 
at the time, that's got to be terrifying because you don't know for sure what's going on at this point. Right. You don't know that they're infected. You just know that there's some crazed person coming to attack and the city is kind of in chaos. Um, so they drive around trying to get the hell out of this area because they're in a suburb of the city, obviously a heavily populated area. Uh, they, Joel and Tommy kind of have an idea of what's going on, whereas uh, Sarah has no idea what's going on. So she's panicked. Yeah, she now. keeps asking, how do we know, like, what's going on? Like, how do we know what's happening? And I think the fear and the uneasiness in all three of their voices for different reasons. Joel and Tommy, <clears throat> being a parent, they have to kind of, I guess, hide it better. Yep. You can still hear it. Sarah as, what do you think, she's 12? Someplace Something in like there. She's, a little bit older, She's maybe. old enough to know, but still not old enough to kind of understand everything. Just that type of acting to be able to carry across uh, an emotion based solely on the way you speak, phenomenal. Yeah, it was done very well. And this is one of my favorite shot scenes <laughs> of the movie when they're driving because it feels like you have the control in your yes. hand. The cameras are placed in the same type of place that they had the camera as you were playing the game like the camera would be in the back seat but you you're almost like you're controlling the car yeah. uh as joel and it will do some like outside the truck shots and stuff like that yeah. and i was gonna say i like the way that that scene felt visually for the purpose of the story mm -hmm. but for me i don't like it because it gives me motion sickness yeah and, and, and i knew that it would and but it didn't take me out of it just for those reasons they did it really well i just can't handle that type of motionness at least it wasn't over the top like it wasn't smiled where yes. you start getting like upside down camera no Whoa. it was done very well and even <laughs> though i didn't necessarily care for it because just personally it makes me uneasy yeah it didn't give me the point where i had to like look away or where i couldn't stand to watch it i just know Personally, I couldn't handle any more of it. They did it small, a yeah. small portion, where if it was any longer, I probably would say, I hate this. But you're right. It felt very video game-like, which is a good thing in this instance. Yeah. I did have a question. So going back to what I starred, are any of the actors voiced in the, um, the video game? Because specifically, I'm thinking of Joel. His voice sounds so familiar from watching you play the video game. I was just curious if any of them voiced the um, characters in the video game. Let me uh, do a quick search of that. Uh, I just know his voice in particular, him and Tommy, sounded very familiar, but it also could just be I know the actor's voice and I never recognize the... Um, yeah. I got you. Yeah. No, it doesn't look that way. Uh, Troy Baker did the voice of Joel in the video game, whereas uh, Pedro Pascal does Joel in the TV show. Okay. Uh, Ellie is Bella Ramsey, whereas in the video game, it's Ashley Johnson. So okay. now different people, but you can obviously find people who have similar voices. Oh, um, right. I'm just saying. It's been so long since I've played the game. I don't remember, but the, the looks of the characters are very spot on to well, the Well, that's what I was going to say. Is the... If it's not voiced or played by the same people, they caught on to visually and audio-wise to kind of match it up to where yeah. it synced up. 
which is a good thing. I, I wasn't <coughs> complaining. It just was a question. Yep. So going back to the uh, scene by scene, during the drive, they pass a family with a little kid, and Tommy goes to stop the truck, and Joel's like, no, keep going. And Tommy's like, well, they have a kid. What are you doing? He's like, we have a kid, too. Yeah. This is more important. So they drive by the family, and all the roads are blocked off. They're in full military quarantine right now. And they end up uh, going downtown uh, to try and find a way out of there, and it's completely chaos downtown yeah like they're driving through the streets and they're they're hitting people with the truck tommy's oh. like dude what are you doing he's like i'm getting us the fuck out of here is what right. i'm doing and uh behind them an aircraft crashes um and they all pass out they wake up and uh tommy gets blockaded on the other side of the car so they're like hey keep going we'll meet you down by this place i forgot what it was down by the river or something like that so uh sarah hurt her ankle so joel had to carry her around and they're running and just people are getting eaten alive in the streets tons of them it, it's violent it's and brutal Joel's fatherly instinct told him to say to sarah keep your eyes on me do not look yeah. at anything but me which good for him he's trying to still protect her in this chaos of who knows what's going to happen but he's trying to like shield her from anything he can like don't look Keep focused on me. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And uh, so they're running through everything. One of the infected catches a look at him and starts chasing him. And man, the chases from these infected are absolutely insane. They're so violent. They're burst movements. So it reminds me very much of 28 days, 28 weeks later, how aggressive the infected are. Um, And it's not overdone. It's not unrealistic, I guess you could say. I mean, obviously, it's unrealistic because it's a zombie, but it's not, like, what's the word? Like, when we were talking about I Am Legend, where it's like, these have inhumane strength, like, super out-of-the-norm type of feeling. This is what I would think if you had an infection, you get a little bit more of a burst of energy type of stanima, but it's not unrealistic, I guess you could say. Yeah, makes sense. So they get out of the building that they tried escaping in, and as they're running, the infected still chasing him, and then all of a sudden he gets shot. It's a military member who shot the infected, and uh, the military member calls into his uh, boss and says, hey, I got two people here, a guy and his kid. The kid looks injured, and he's just saying, okay, yes, sir, yes, sir, understood. And then he just opens fire on him. and. uh, They fall down a hill. Joel's like, what are you doing? He's like, sorry, I have orders. I have orders. I have to do this. And he goes to pull the trigger. And then Tommy shoots the military guy just in the nick of time to save him. But turns out you start hearing Sarah breathing very rapidly next to him. Sarah got shot when he was shooting and uh, dies in Joel's arms. Terribly sad uh, scene. Done very well, though. The acting was spot on. Oh, the little girl's acting was perfect. Holy shit. Usually kids in movies just piss me off. (laughs) But, man, she did great. Just in movies or, like, general? No, it's you that pisses me off in the house, (laughs) not the kids. So now it's 20 years later, 2023, and we got a little boy walking around uh, Boston, and the city is fucking destroyed. There's not much left to this city. And the little boy approaches the quarantine zone, 
and faints as soon as he makes it up there. The members pick him up, bring him in. He wakes up in some room. He's uh, tied down, and you see printouts on the wall of, like, time for infection to spread. So they obviously know a lot, enough to be able to print out material about the infected things. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is 20 years later. If you're still alive, you know a lot. But the fact that they still had technology enough to print this stuff out and put it up in the walls, you can tell it was done many years ago. Yeah. Uh, the grittiness that they're able to bring in these sets is amazing. Yeah. But either way, the little boy is awake, and uh, they're talking to him, and uh, they do a quick test of him, and it shows up as red. They show it to the person who's talking to him. He's like, okay. Tell you what, we're going to give you a shot of the uh, medicine. It's going to make you feel better, and then you're going to get to have your own room. You get to play with all the toys that you want to. Does that sound good? And the little boy's just like, yeah, yeah, sounds great. So now we're back over to a crew who's burning the infected. Uh, Joel is a member of this team, and uh, they're just taking them out of a truck and throwing them into this giant fire to stop the spread. And as they're unloading the truck of dead, the little boys in the back of the truck. Yeah, I didn't catch on to that right away. I saw the red of the scanner, mm-hmm. but I thought they were like actually going to help him. So I was even more devastated when they you opened saw him up in the back of the truck. Yeah, they opened up the back of the truck and you see his taped up shoes. Yep. And uh, the woman couldn't do it. So I'm assuming it maybe mother. Or just somebody that... No, no, it wasn't a mother. That This person had no uh, affiliation with it, but seeing a dead kid is, okay. is difficult. Well, and Joel, at this point, is emotionally dead. Yeah. So he just walks up, grabs the kid, throws, throws him in the him fire. In. No yeah. big deal. Everything's about a dollar. So as soon as they get done, uh, everybody who was on the crew lines up for their ration cards. Everything in this society is now done by rations. If you work for so many hours, you get eight ration cards, and you can use that for whatever you want in this society, whether it's food, whether it's uh, cigarettes, anything. Um, So as he's there, he's asking them, hey, what can I do to get uh, more rations? He lists out a couple of jobs that are available the next day. He's like, well, which one pays more? So all that he gives a shit about is getting rations. Um, Armed military or militia all over the town. As Joel's walking around, they're doing public executions in the street for people who were leaving the quarantine zone. Uh, Joel is selling drugs to a military member or a militia member, whatever it is that they technically are. Um, And the militia guy says to Joel, hey, you need to stay off the street for the next few weeks. Fireflies are going to be everywhere. Um, So Joel reminds me very much at this point. <clears throat> of uh, Morgan Freeman and Shawshank. He's a man who can find you things. <laughs> uh, he's he's the guy who can get stuff. Uh, I think that... Uh, I forget what the hell they call him. I think I wrote it down later. He's a smuggler. That's mm-hmm. what he is. Um, so we're now in a different room. Tess is talking to a guy named Robert. Um, and she got kidnapped by his crew. Uh, because she was trying to track down this battery that they bought from him, but then he sold it to somebody else, but she wasn't going to take that, so he kidnapped her. But Robert's fucking terrified of Joel. So he's like, what do we do? I can't just release you. Joel's going to fucking kill me. She's like, you're going to let me go. I'm going to go back to my room. I'm going to drink. 
I'm going to tell Joel that the militia beat me up, and we're just going to drop that this ever fucking happened. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the wall behind her blows up, kills one or two of the dudes in there, Robert leaves, and Tess is able to escape. This um, is where I started to get a little bit confused, because trying to figure out kind of what side Joel was on versus Robert and Tess, because at the time, it's not very clear. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out, I know Joel would probably be on the right, I guess, right side of things, but who knows. Um, I don't think he's really on a side. Joel is on the whatever pays me side. Yeah. But then they started throwing away the, throwing out the term Firefly, and mm-hmm. I was really trying to hone in. And this is where it gets a little confusing, just because I haven't seen the video game. So yep. when so you have the militia, uh, or military, government. government. And then you have fireflies. Fireflies are people trying to tear down the government, tear down the establishment. They think the way that they're running things is wrong and shouldn't be that way. So they're Um, trying to... They're like uh, rebellious people. Um, And then you have people like Joel who are... They're just doing what they need to do. They're not picking a side. They're just doing what they got to do. They're not saying the government's right. The fireflies are right. Uh, they'll work with both sides to get what they need. So the quote where it says, when you are lost in the darkness, look for the light. That's a firefly thing. I was just going to say, that is a firefly thing. And that quote pops up quite a bit. I've seen it, I think, three times in this first episode. Or variations thereof, yeah. Yes. So I was just trying to pinpoint exactly what side everybody was on. It was a little confusing, but again, probably for my own fault because I don't understand necessarily video games, but I'm sure it would have panned out come to the next couple of episodes. Yeah, so Tess gets arrested. They think that she's a firefly. And uh, then it goes to a different scene where you see a girl locked up in the room. Some people come in to question her. They don't really know what's going on. She doesn't really know what's going on. Turns out this is Ellie. Um, Joel is paying basically the go-to guy. Uh, there are tons of people lined up to buy whatever it is that they want to buy from this guy. Uh, but Joel just cuts the line, goes right up to the front, gives him some money, and he's trying to find out where Tommy is. Tommy left the compound a couple of weeks ago and wasn't seen again, so he's paying him extra to send his guys out there to find him, but no information yet. Um, and he never got his battery that he paid for. Robert was supposed to deliver it, but then Robert sold it to somebody else. But he didn't get any information on that. So he decides that he's going to look for Tommy himself. He pays him the cigarettes that he got while selling the drugs and uh, gets it laid out on the map where it is. And the guy's like, listen, man, you're fucking crazy. It's insane out there. He's like, I don't give a shit. Where is he on this map? Yeah. So you can tell that they're very much living a military-run life. Uh, I I don't know what to compare to other than like World War Two. Uh, Germany type of stuff like how the Jewish people had to live to where you can't have certain things you can't go certain places you can't question orders you can't do this you can't do that um, I mean yes to that extreme but if you're looking more in like a not extreme I guess spectrum it feels very much of like everyday life where like the government tells you what you can and cannot do with just laws but to this a is much bigger extent, though. Oh, yeah. for sure, I know um, that. <laughs> you so... wouldn't even let me think of my thought. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I. You're right. I was just getting to the point of. It 
feels turned up a notch of what your everyday life would be where the government is telling you. Now you have the pandemic and it just switches it up a whole dial. Yeah. But thank you for that. <laughs> so he shows up to his apartment and going back to what I was saying, it's very ramped up because he's not allowed to have maps. He's not allowed to have this or that. He had to hide them underneath floorboards, underneath his dresser. Um, so he pulls those out. You can see that his bed is up on center blocks and just they they don't have stuff to give these people because they obviously are too scared to leave the quarantine zone. Um, Tess shows up and uh, tells Joel the battery got sold to somebody else and that he needs to calm the fuck down because Robert's scared of him and they still need him to be able to get this. Uh, he wants the battery so that way he can get his truck working to go find Tommy. <clears throat> Marlene is the leader of the Fireflies and they're fighting the militia or military, whatever it is, at a different scene. Marlene is telling uh, basically her lieutenant I don't know what she is, but the next person in command underneath her. I don't give a shit what you need to tell your people. They need to just follow orders. That's it. That's all there is to it. She's like, well, people are asking about the girl, Ellie. Why are they guarding her? She's like, because I fucking gave you an order to guard her. That's it. Um, but then the other people leave the room, and she hands her a note. And she's like, is this real? Is it? Is this real? Like, yeah, it is. So instantly, everything in her lieutenant's attitude changed. She's like, okay, we'll do whatever we need to do to get the girl where she needs to go. So why did they change her name? Because her name was Veronica. Yeah, um, I'm not 100% sure of why they did that. Because the only time you hear that her name is Ellie is when she speaks to Mar what is her Marlene. name? Marlene. Marlene ends up telling her. Telling her. Um, I think that this is how the Fireflies do things. Uh, they capture them, and then it's like, you're our prisoner. This is your name now type of deal. Okay. Your name is Veronica. Uh, but either way, uh, Marlene walks into the room, and she gives Ellie her backpack. Ellie instantly reaches in to grab her knife to defend herself, and then Marlene goes, and she unchains Ellie. And she basically tells her, hey, I'm the one who brought you to the place where you were. I took you out because we need to do something. Um, they're being very cautious about what they say at this point. They're obviously keeping it hidden, what, what the thing is. I know anybody who played the game knows, but anybody who is just watching the show for the first time has no idea. I have um, no idea. Good. So uh, she says... Uh, Ellie's saying that she wants to go home. Marlene says, you have a greater purpose than you can ever imagine, and you're going with us. So she eventually convinces Ellie. Joel and Tess head out to find Robert in the battery. They're traveling in underground tunnels to find him. The scenery is just fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, they enter this room, and there's an infected guy mounted on the wall. The fungus actually grew so much that it grew from him into the wall, and it mounted him up on the wall. Crazy. Pretty awesome looking. Um, so, uh, they exit the tunnel and there are bodies everywhere in the hallway. So some huge, fi uh, firefight just happened in here. Marlene and the Lieutenant are there. They're banged up, but they're still alive. Uh, and they find the battery on the ground, which was obviously dead and no good. So Robert sold a bad battery to them, but didn't give it to him and then sold it to somebody else as well. Yeah. What a <laughs> um, traitor. So Ellie's trying to attack Joel, and Joel just knocks her right on her fucking ass and steps on the knife so that way she can't grab it. Um, Marlene ends up making a deal with Joel because they're about to get 
fucking overrun by the militia. And Marlene's too banged up to be able to leave and take Ellie where she needs to go. So she says, hey, if you can smuggle this kid, we're going to give you a fully loaded truck with guns, supplies, whatever it is that you need to find your uh, brother. And he's like, no, I don't smuggle kids. That's not what I do. And she explains that again. And he ends up agreeing to it, him and Tess. And Marlene tells him, hey, Joel, don't fuck this up. She clearly knows the importance of this kid. and She's very affectionate with it and yes. spent a lot of time with this kid. Uh, Tess uh, locks Ellie into a room so that way her and Joel can discuss their options there. It was a pretty funny scene. Ellie is excited to be in a different place, and she starts talking to him, and Tess just shuts the door in her face. <laughs> Ellie's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ellie, it, very much like in the video games, is uh, very brute and in-your-face type of, like, there's a scene where they said, say your name. My name's Veronica. Say your name louder. My name is Veronica. Count one through ten. One, two, three, four, five, six. Count your... Count one through ten, Slowly. long and slow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and flips him off. So she's got so much spunk and attitude to her. It's absolutely awesome to see, and she definitely has it here as well. Um, <clears throat> uh, Joel goes into the room with her to basically kill time, wait for it to be nights, that way they can escape with the kid. And Ellie is clearly smart as shit. She picks up on things very fast. She's looking through this uh, book of songs, and the songs are broken up into what years they came out in, and she finds something that says 60s is this, 70s is this, 80s is question mark. So as soon as Joel comes in, she's like, so what's the... uh, Codes for for 80s on the radio. And he's like, what are you talking about? Oh, your code. 60s is this, 70s is this, 80s doesn't say anything. And uh, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes to sleep. He wakes up. And now he's like, hey, while you were asleep, there was a uh, transmission. There was some uh, 80s song playing, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. And he's like, oh, my fucking God, you got to be kidding me. And she's like, got it. 80s means trouble. Code broken. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was just kidding. Nobody called. Super smart kid. So Joel, Tess, and Ellie uh, now take the tunnels to leave the quarantine zone despite being told, hey, don't fucking go out there. And you saw public executions already for people who were. And uh, as they're going along, there's some military guy that's pissing that saw them. And it turned out that it was the guy that Joel sold drugs to prior to. Um, Excuse me. So he sees them and holds them up at gunpoint. He's like, hey, I got to play this one by the books. I have people watching me. Uh, put your hands on your head. Get on your knees. And he checks them for infection. Joel's clear. Tess clear. He goes over to Ellie, and you can see Ellie just fidgeting around as she's sitting there. And she stabs him in the stomach as she's reading him. And Joel's like, hey, calm down. Calm down. We'll figure this out. We'll, we'll work something out. I'll give you drugs for half off. He's like, for fucking free, you mean? Yeah. And, uh turns out that she is positive for the infection and uh joel and tess are both freaking out and she's like listen i've been bit a week ago nobody ever survives a week with this i'm not infectious uh, it didn't get me they're like that's impossible that never happens and the military guy raises his gun to go shoot her and joel instantly stopped 
he had PTSD of the, it, he saw the military guy that shot his daughter Sarah, and he just beat the fucking yeah. shit out of this guy, violent as hell. Yep. He's beating him down until he dies, and uh, back in uh, Joel's apartment, eighties music starts playing. Troubles are coming. Trouble. Yep. And we get this awesome shot of them walking into the city. The towers are toppled on top of each other. Everything is just destroyed in the city. Credits roll. Yeah. Episode's over. Man, they did such a good job with this show. I'm so impressed with everything about it. The uh, visuals of it, the sad parts are just traumatic. Like, I teared up a little bit when Sarah died because of how good her acting was when she died. Her grasping for air, grasping at her father. Yeah. It, man, the good parts are great. The sad parts are terrible. The violent parts are holy shit when Joel attacks that dude. Yeah. When uh, the infected are eating upon live people. Craziness. Everything about this was just done so well, and I'm very excited to see the rest of the series. I'm curious of how many episodes they're doing per season as well. Yeah. I might do some research and see how much. I, I'm hoping that it's only like eight episodes. Uh, anything longer than that may be way too much. But we'll see. Uh, so I don't know if every episode that we going, we're going to do until this season is over is going to be an episode on this show. Maybe that will be a bonus thing. It depends on the week. I've been traveling a lot for work, so in this scenario, this is going to be our episode for the week. But maybe if I'm not traveling, we can do an episode of The Last of Us plus an episode of a movie. Yeah. But that's going to be completely up in the air. Uh, but until next time, this is the Hard Chats Podcast. I'm Phil. And I'm Stacy. Make sure that you rate and uh, subscribe. Please, please, please give us a review. It helps out more than you could possibly imagine if you listen to us this long. That means that you must have got some type of enjoyment out of it. Throw a five-star rating. It means the world to us. And we will catch you next time. Take care.